Hello, everyone, and welcome to Second Take. Today, we're going to be discussing Summer League basketball that's been going on in Vegas, Sacramento, and Utah Summer League. And after that, we're going to continue our running list of our top tens at each position. Today, we're going to be diving into the shooting guard position. And I know I've definitely had some guys in Vegas, Salt Lake, Sacramento who have impressed me. Roland, who are some of the guys who have impressed you so far? Um, well, let's just say Charlotte's going to regret their decision at number two. Uh, Scoot, I am all in on Scoot. The guy is a stud. He's like if Derrick Rose and Chris Paul kind of had a baby. Mm. Um, they, okay. He has the poise, the kind of gamesmanship that Derek, that Chris Paul plays with, with the freakish ability to beat anybody off the dribble, kind of like Derrick Rose did coming into the league. So this guy's going to be a stud. No offense to Brandon Miller, but... I look at Scoot as potentially an MVP candidate in the future. You know, MVP is a revolving door, but I do think Scoot could be and could reach all-NBA first-team caliber guard for multiple seasons in his career. And I know you can't really buy too much stock in the summer league, but I kind of thought that before anyway, and the short time he played just solidified that viewpoint that I had of him coming in absolutely he was only out there for a little bit three quarters about and he was super impressive he looked like the guy who looked like everything he was said to be against and he played the way he should have against the competition that was out there the funniest thing to me about brandon miller and the hornets was he struggled the first two or three games that they played he didn't shoot very well and then he had one good summer league game and they decided to shut him down already which is kind of funny. I don't know why, but Brandon Miller has been underwhelming in Vegas so far. And even in Sacramento, he even played more games before coming to Vegas. And usually that tends to help guys like that. And for him, it didn't really do much. He might be in for a rocky rookie season. I'd say out of all the lottery picks that are like kind of in that top five, he's probably going to have the hardest rookie season. Um, the Thompson Twins both showed really nice flashes in Summer League. I'm not going to dive too deep into them, but they showed their defensive versatility, their athleticism, and I think that they can both be impact players right away. Whereas I think Miller, you're looking at kind of a Jabari Smith type. I think similar arc. I think Jabari Smith struggled a lot last year. Granted, LaMelo Ball will probably help out Brandon Miller more so than Jalen Green helped out Jabari Smith, just because LaMelo's a better playmaker and a facilitator. But I, I can kind of see that type of rookie season arc for Brandon Miller. I think he's just going to kind of struggle, take him a while to figure out his shot, figure out his efficiency. Whereas a lot of quote-unquote rookies heading into this year um, if you're throwing Chet into that mix, can come in and make an impact right away. Yeah, I mean, and I kind of like I like your Jabari Smith comparison just because he is also one of the guys who impressed me. And last year he really struggled on a bad team and played a lot of minutes, which it looks like that's what Brandon Miller is going to have to do. And usually rookies who do that really struggle. 
And but the second year, Jabari Smith came out and he had a really good summer league. They shut him down after two games. And this one, I think, was more warranted than the Brandon Miller. One game, one good game, and then a shutdown. But yeah, I know a lot of Charlotte fans on draft night were upset that Brandon Miller was the pick over Scoot, Scoot Henderson. It was Michael Jordan's essentially final decision as yeah. the owner in a way. And he took Brandon Miller instead of Scoot. And maybe this is something that is going to haunt the Hornets in the future. Just basically like every, almost every draft pick they have essentially made in the last 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah, this is going to be the same. It's, I mean, let's be honest. Brandon Miller could be a great player. He could even be an all-star. But you're going to pass up on a potential MVP candidate type player for a guy that's maybe going to be at best uh, kind of a fringe all-star caliber player. I'm not, Brandon Miller is going to be a good player, I think. I don't think he's going to ever be a consistent all-NBA player. And that's what Scoot's, in my opinion, going to be. Yeah, it's interesting so. to me how sometimes some of these teams who have just been down so long and have struggled, they just find ways to keep staying down and keep struggling. So for <laughs> Hornets fans' uh, sake, hopefully Brandon Miller works out for them and he mes- meshes well with uh, LaMelo Ball. But other than that, I mean, that's all they can really hope for. I do really like Scoot. We'll see what his role on the team in the season looks like um, since the Dame trade is still um, kind of undecided. He hasn't been moved yet. They still have a bunch of guards on that team. Um, so we'll see what kind of role he has right away. But he so far has been everything, everything that we thought he was. So Yeah, Portland's got to figure that out fast, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then... I have a couple guys who I just wanted to bring up and mention. Guys who I thought were too good to play in Summer League. Um, Just list them off real quick. The first one I already said, Jabari Smith Jr., who was a second-year player. That's kind of what you expect from second-year players. Come in, have a couple 30-point games, hit a game winner, look like the best dude out there. You can shut him down, especially being such a high pick last year. Um, I had Keegan Murray as well from Sacramento. I don't know why he even played summer why league. Why did he, he was play? A, yeah, I don't know. He was a playoff starter. He only played in Sacramento, <laughs> but he yeah. dropped a forty piece and he had. Well, duh. Yeah, it's like he just straight oh, up dominated it. It was easy for him. You know, he's too good. And then, yeah, and the last one I had was Jalen Williams. Um, he only played one half in Salt Lake City for Oklahoma City. And oh, he gosh. had an easy twenty, and they were like, "Okay, we've seen enough." Like, well, what? You're what? Done. This makes no sense, man. Why are second-year players that were starters at any point in the season? Like, is Orlando going to send out Paolo? No, nope. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Stupid. I don't understand this. Why is Keegan Murray somebody who started in the playoffs? playing in a summer league game you know that doesn't make sense out of anybody jabari smith might be the only player that i could see okay let's give him some more reps he struggled a little bit last year let's just kind of build this confidence up going into the season yeah does keegan murray need any more confidence he's gonna start next year for a playoff caliber team you know what i mean jalen williams 
some people argued was the best rookie last year towards the end of the year. Absolutely. So it's like, what's going Why are these dudes even playing? I don't get it. Yeah. And I know oftentimes teams will play dudes in summer league because they want them either to have more shots they wouldn't normally take, work on things they don't normally get to do with the big squad. But sometimes, like you mentioned, rookies who were good, like Williams and Murray, they just come into summer league and they just kill these guys because they're just so much better. Like these guys could work on this kind of stuff that they might do in summer league with their big squads just because they're good enough. Um, like the Jazz didn't play Walker Kessler um, either, and because he's going to be with Team USA in the World Cup, so it wouldn't have made yeah, sense to play him. But guys like, frickin', oh, yeah, but Shea guys like Jabari Smith. <laughs> oh man, that'd be something else. He'd score like sixty a game, I swear. But well, it's because summer league, man. There's no good help side defense. You know, there's people out there that will never touch an NBA foot court. You know what I mean? And this really is just a a time to showcase what happened in the draft. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why second-year players are playing in some league. Yeah, I would only play a second-year guy if they they struggled your rookie season and you're still debating if they're an NBA player or not. Um, But, yeah, anyone who played well... I don't know if I would necessarily want to put them out there, especially if they're really impactful on winning. That's probably the biggest sign that you're an NBA player is when you start to impact winning with the big squad. So we also only put them at risk for injury. I know it's summer league, but Keegan Murray, like go out, score 40 piece. It's like, what's the difference between Keegan Murray playing in summer league and playing in like the Drew league? You know what I mean? It's the same that's true. That the same, dude. And if you look at it, if you look at it, last year got uh, Chet got hurt playing in yeah, exactly. uh, pro am, which is kind of like the same thing. And the Thunder lost him for the whole season, so that is yeah. always a risk when you're putting a good player out there who is going to be in your rotation. Yeah, it's not like Jalen Williams or Keegan Murray aren't going to start for their teams next year. Mm-hmm. So why put him out there? That's just stupid. Oh yeah. I mean, and then from Summer League, were there any guys who maybe impressed you or rose um, up? Like, do you thinking they're better now than you did originally? Yeah. So, like I said before, I don't take much stock in the whole uh, Summer League thing just because the caliber of players you're playing against is nowhere near what you're going to be playing against in the NBA. But if there is one standout, one surprise player, it's Keontae George. I don't think there is another player that came out and surprised more people in Summer League than Keontae George. I mean, the 33-10 and 10 game, he showed he can facilitate, he can score at a high level. Uh, I, was, I was pretty vocal about expressing my... Um, Discern, like expressing my kind of, yeah, it's not disgust. It's, I express kind of my disagreement with management of Utah passing, passing on, on Cam. Cam. Yeah. I might be eating crow on that take. Uh, I hope Keontae George can continue this high level of play because he looked like the guard that we would need to match up with Markman and Kessler. 
Yeah, I think he answered actually a lot of questions too in his short time out there. He did end up getting hurt, and the Jazz have already announced that they've shut him down for the remainder of Summer League. Um, but at Baylor, he played a lot on the wing, two or three, since they had so many veteran guards. And at this point, it looks like, kind of like you mentioned, he facilitated at a really high level. He had a 10-assist game. I think he had a 7-assist game. Like, he was running the point guard, which is what the Jazz have wanted him to do. And him being 6'4", he's a little bit bigger of a point guard, and that gives him a really good chance to um, at least get minutes in the NBA and be good. And at the same time, he looks like he is a bucket. He is His ball handling and ability to create separation has been most impressive to me from what I saw him do in the summer league so far. No, yeah, I'm excited for this. Um again, I don't want to I don't want to blow this up cuz it's summer league, but Yep. I can see him kind of taking that momentum, taking that confidence that he earned um by through playing in the summer league, balling out, looking like the best guy on the court in the games he did play. And taking that into training camp, taking that confidence into training camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if at one point in the year he was our starting point guard. Exactly. I uh, I think he, right now he definitely has a chance for the Jazz because the Jazz do have a lot of point guards. But the thing with that is no one knows who's going to be the one, who's going to be the starter, who's going to get the minutes. So there is an opportunity there. I think he'll definitely get a chance to um, earn a rotational role in the beginning of the year. But if he continues to learn and develop kind of like what we've seen just from what he did at Baylor to what he's able to do in the summer league, um, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season he was able to start in a couple of games. And that's kind of what you want to see from a rookie in terms of a development path to see them get better from college to summer league to training camp and by the end of the year. And that kind of gives you a lot of confidence that that can be uh, a dude you take with you for your future. Yeah, and I also definitely think that his game translates a bit more to the NBA than it does college. College is a lot slower. It's a lot more team-oriented, you know, less spacing. And this guy just kind of thrives in space. And even you don't really get that in college, to be honest. Um, it's very difficult. It's a different, it's a different game different pace i mean the yukon just smashed everybody but the mere fact that san diego state could make the ncaa championship scoring 50 points a game in the tournament you know yeah it's a totally different game and i think a lot of players um like Keontae george kind of struggle at the college level to to showcase what they have because it on a team like baylor they were fresh off of uh, an NCAA championship just two seasons before. They're a high caliber school that run a specific offense and transitioning into summer league and NBA style basketball. It's faster pace, it's uh, a lot more player dominant than it is team dominant. And I think he's, I think he showed flashes of how he could really thrive. And I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited yeah, I that agree. my take was wrong. <laughs> hey, still to be determined, oh but so far. Um, yeah, college basketball, you still have a lot of guys who aren't elite shooters, 
a lot of teams like to play a lot of big guys still like college basketball still plays traditional power forwards a lot of the time right um there's just not a lot of spacing so that's why teams have to pass like 10 to 15 times every possession just to get a bucket because it's so hard to score yeah and it's just uh a lot of guys will come into the nba and just be better from day one i mean you see donovan mitchell you see kyrie irving those are just some of the dudes who came into the nba and they were just better in the nba because they had so much skill but it's a lot harder to use that skill in college and sometimes being around better players makes you a better player and gives you the ability to showcase everything. I will say the only concern about Keontae George right now um, is his defense at the moment. From what I watched from him, sometimes he would get lost off ball or get a little bullied when he's on ball, kind of get pushed around. But at the same time, I mean, he's a 19-year-old rookie. He'll learn a lot. He'll get stronger. Uh, Things will change. So not too worried about that. But that just might affect his playing time at the beginning of the NBA season. Yeah, that's that's definitely the side of the ball that honestly most rookies need to work on. Really, only the Thompson twins and Victor. Oh are yeah, like the only three players in this draft that I'm like, okay, they can. They're just elite level players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, for Keontae, it's probably more learning where to be, when to be there, right? Mm-hmm. When to take space, when to when to give players space, when to work off of, you know, Kessler and Markkinen. And, you know what I mean? Because Kessler's going to erase a lot of mistakes that um, the perimeter players make. But if we look at the history of the NBA, you need good perimeter defense nowadays. Yeah, That's the only way. Interior defense is great to have but the nuggets didn't really have it you need quality perimeter defense defense because people are just so good away from the basket now that if you if you don't develop that you're you're toast so hopefully he can hopefully he can learn you know he's got time especially with his skill set on offense uh if he's if he's better than jordan clarkson was coming into the nba then He'll be okay. True, true. I mean, and speaking of defensive guys, I mean, you brought him up, Victor Webb and Yama. That might have been the most impressive part of his summer league was his ability to block shots. But, I mean, he is 7'5", so he should be good at it. But, I mean, his first game, he kind of struggled, and then he really came out, and he showed why he was the first pick in that second game for sure. Yeah, Victor. Um, well, I think a lot of people overreacted to his first game. Going two for 13 is not ideal, especially with the amount of hype that he has. But he still would do things that you're like, I don't know how a player with of his size can do, you know? His first game, he struggled shooting. He still got five blocks. Mm-hmm. Still like impacted could, the game. He could step out there and probably lead the, lead the NBA in blocks just by being there. Um, I also think he's smart. Uh, the problem with bigs is you also kind of need a guy, a point guard that can facilitate to them. And the, the caliber of guard that he's playing with right now in the summer league is going to actually be more detrimental than it is helpful to 
a guy like Victor Wembanyama. He needs someone to play off of. He needs uh, he needs smart basketball players to be around. Yeah, because I think that's what he is. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I've always been really impressed with him. Whenever I hear him talk, he just sounds older than he is, honestly. Um, and he's been like really honest about his transition to the NBA so far. I feel like. Um, he's brought up it's not as physical, but he's also brought up there's more spacing and that the players are just better. Um, and he's just playing in summer league, so that just kind of speaks to the ability in the NBA. But going back to my point before, when you play with better players, sometimes it can really bring out a lot more in you and a lot more of what you do well. And so Victor even just playing with probably Trey Jones this year will help him look even better. But if he ever gets a point guard who is a high-level um passer um can run the team at a high level um it can definitely make his job a lot easier on these pick and rolls pick and pops just because he's so skilled and he already commands so much attention in summer league um but you just any highlights you see any gameplay of him you watch like this guy's seven five and he just is bringing the ball up the court like who does that you know just think about what it looks like when rudy gobert brings the ball up the court and then just compare that to Victor. You can just see the talent right there. Well, I also think, I mean, this is more nuanced, but it's like when he goes and he sets a screen and he notices that his player at all, if his, if his, if the defender that's guarding him decides to go with the ball at all, he's very quick to get into kind of that, that, uh, 12 to 15 foot range he's able to just slip just enough get the ball and since he's so tall it doesn't even really matter if he's open (laughs) he could still catch that and just shoot it yep you know it's just those nuanced things that with playing with a higher caliber point guard he's gonna get easier shots right he's gonna set a screen and if you know if he gets a a guard that can spread the floor like trey jones or smart or you have to respect uh an off the dribble three pointer or mid range shot from his guard, he's going to be able to just slip that, catch the ball 15 feet away, and do a finger roll because of his height and his length. You know, and that those are the nuances that in summer league you don't really get mm-hmm. because they're not running sets. They're, they're playing AAU basketball, you know what I mean? And yeah. NBA kind of caliber thing. So there's not really not real basketball when it comes to summer league and i think especially with greg popovich as his coach he's going to get easy looks yeah and one of the things i really like about him kind of that you mentioned is if he does choose to pop into that 15 12 foot range even if a defender does come up i think he has the ability to make the correct read from there he can make another move get to the basket he could do a step back mid-range shot he can move the ball to a player down low who's cutting. I just think he has all the tools, and so far he's showing he has the IQ as well to um, be able to do what stars do, which is do that extra thing after your first read gets taken away, even if you made the right read originally, like to just keep making the right decision. Yeah, he's definitely a smart player, and if it's if it's one thing that I hope for Victor is that he doesn't fall in love with his ability to play on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Right? I know that might sound backwards because that's why he's so highly coveted. 
it's because he's seven five and can shoot threes and he can dribble well. But it's like, don't fall in love with that because it's almost what it's what the defense wants you to do. You know what I mean? It makes it easier five, for the defense to guard you if you just shoot threes. And, yeah, exactly. If you're seven five and you're mobile and you can catch it as a fifteen foot spin move, you're dunking them. You're there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's not. He needs a little more Giannis, a little less KD. <laughs> and if he can do that, he's going to be very, very difficult to guard. I mean, if you're a Spurs fan or in the organization, you don't want him to end up like Kristaps Porzingis, who's a good, yeah, good, good player. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, but he is the type of guy who tends to settle for jumpers more. And that's been a lot of fans' complaints with him in Dallas and New York. Um, so you definitely don't want him to do that. You want him to be putting constant pressure on the defense. And um, that means going to the rim, attacking the basket, making guys help so you can make plays for other people. Exactly. I think Victor just develop a 15-foot Michael Jordan fadeaway. Mm-hmm. And no one will be able to block it. And then yeah. learn how to pick and pick and dive, pick and pop. You know, you can shoot threes off the dribble cool but learn how to get to the rim from the perimeter learn how to develop one or two post moves at his size that's all he needs to do Oof. learn get the ball 15 feet learn how to to do the michael jordan shimmy fade away and no one's gonna guard it because that's unblockable that you can't people like lebron james at six eight fading is hard to guard if victor can seven fade at five seven, five Man, you know what I mean. If he develops that, he—it's the new skyhook. That'd just be straight nasty if he gets like a Dirk fadeaway at it's that the height. New skyhook, like, exactly. especially he could get twenty a game just off of that. And the thing with him too, since he's so tall, especially he doesn't have to like shoot that fadeaway from like 18, 25 feet out. No. If he's ten feet away and he just does the little fadeaway or fifteen feet away, like oh, you right. mentioned, that's all he needs, and then that becomes a lot easier of a shot for a fadeaway just because you're closer to the basket and he has the touch. He has the ability. Um, he's good with the ball. So yeah, this guy, you, he definitely showed even with a game where he struggled that he definitely has everything people thought about potentially being able to be a great player. Yeah. I really would just come down, especially with his given abilities to learn two to three go-to scoring moves that he can create for himself, and he'd be unguardable. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add about Summer League before we jump into our top 10 list today? Nah, man, uh, except for the fact that this might be the most loaded draft class that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it looks good so far. Yeah, it looks good so far. Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier today, we're doing our top 10 list for two guards. Um, and let's get started with any honorable, honorable mentions that we had to leave off of the list. Um, I'll get started with uh, my three guys. There were three guys I thought were kind of similar um, who didn't quite make the list. And those three were DeJounte Murray for the Hawks, Desmond oh. Bain for the Grizzlies, and I had to leave off Clay Thompson. He was yeah. he was my last cut from the list. Yeah, so... Uh... My honorable mentions are a bit different. I left off Zach Levine, mm. and I left off 
Clay Thompson as well. So those were my two honorable mentions. Uh, both excellent players. Um, I just think Zach Levine's just can't stay on the court consistently enough. And he's, he's, he, he has not shown to be a winning player. He's played in a total of four uh, playoff games in his entire career. He's, he's been that good player on a bad team his entire career. So maybe if he was ever on a true contending team, my uh, perception of him would change. But it's just, he is, his game never translates to winning. And that's why I had to leave him off my top 10 shooting guards list. Yeah, and he on my list, he was the number 10 shooting guard on my list. I put him at 10. I agree with you. He's never been on a winning team, which really does concern me. He has uh, a lot of arguments which is with his coaches, which also concerns me. Um, and he also, his ability to score the basketball, though, just made me put him in the top 10. Because there are some times where he's just straight dominant scoring. He can really shoot. Um, he's super talented with ability, but kind of leaves a lot to be desired in some of those other areas, which include winning and at times health. Yeah, I mean, great player, exciting to watch. It honestly would probably just take the right situation for him to be maybe in that top six, top five. He might I, not be a number one guy, essentially, probably is a number two or three. So, yeah, it would if if he's playing alongside a player like Giannis or Jokic, mm. would is he as good of a player as like a uh, a Jamal Murray? Could he be your second best? I yeah, don't think he's as good as playmaking, but yeah, depends on depends on his top dog. Um, but if you're not top dog on the Bulls and your competition's Demar Derozan, no hate against Derozan. It's like, you know, yeah. Who was number 10 on your list? Number 10 is Desmond Bain. Mm. Desmond Bain was my number 10. Strictly because he's been able to show that even without Jaw in the lineup, he can keep the Grizzlies competitive, winning playoff games, uh, helping the Memphis Grizzlies stay competitive when Jaw's either injured or suspended. Uh, He's also an excellent shooter. from three-point range, and he's young. He's younger than Zach Levin. I think he has higher potential uh, to be a true number two on a championship-level team. And I just don't think Clay's that anymore, nor Zach Levine. So that's why I, I had him a notch above those players. Yeah, and the biggest reason I left Desmond Bain off my list is while he was good last year and he did a lot of things good and he showed improvement, he did miss a big part of the season. I believe it was earlier in the year. And so my thing is I just want to see him do it for a full season, being healthy for most of the season before I move him up there just to know that he can be consistent um, in doing those things. Yeah, I mean, same could go for Levine, though. You know, uh, Bain just has had more playoff success. Yeah, already That's his just, team's I mean, been better. He's only so. been in the league for three, four years, so it's yeah. like okay. It's hard for me to criticize a guy that 
has at least gotten out of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he's inherently less talented or gifted. Yeah, because Zach you Levine know, has a lot more talent for sure. Oh but... yeah, that's not that's not even a question. But yeah, the Grizzlies, yeah, while they do have a better roster than anything Levine has played on, uh, Jaw's been injured. Jaron Jackson's been injured. Bain has also been injured. But even with with an inconsistent lineup, Bain has shown to some nights even be their best player. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And then the number nine guy on my list, he was a lot lower than I thought he would be. I was kind of surprised um, that he ended up here, but I do believe I have him in a generally good place, in my opinion. Um, and that guy was Bradley Beal. Is who I put at number nine. I just yeah. uh, he also has health issues. He hasn't been as good recently as he was in the past. So I wonder how much of that drop off has been legit. Um, he's hasn't been found success as a number one guy. As a number two guy, I think he made the playoffs twice, and they really didn't do much in the playoffs. So if he is a number three guy who's just a high level scorer. Um, he is he is a decent passer as well. He can he can play make a little bit, but that's kind of why I felt like I had to put him at nine. Yeah, I I had Bradley Beal at nine as well. Very similar career arc as Zach Levine. Only thing is, is he's a better playmaker. Yeah. Um. So he has that tool in his arsenal, where Levine is kind of a pure scorer, freak athlete. Beal is, I think, a bit more skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, has more in his bag. He's able to he's able to play the one, if needs be. You know what I mean? A little bit more versatile, and that's the only reason why I'd had him at nine. I was honestly considering having him lower, but I just couldn't do it after leading the league in scoring. Showing this year more so that he could take on more playmaking responsibilities just kind of kept him in the top 10 for me. Um, I don't even know if he's going to play shooting guard this year. True. He could be their one. I don't know what the Phoenix Suns are doing. So They don't really have a point guard. So yeah, it's that's Bradley kind of weird. Point guard, yeah, it's like Beal and Booker might split that role. So, But I just think he's a little more versatile, and that's why I have him higher than Bain, Levine, or Clay Thompson. Yeah, and I I agree. I think he does more things better. Um, he's shown he can do more in the past. So, but I, then, I I I didn't actually think it, it was surprising to have him this low. Mm. Um, I I might have just felt it was so surprising because of how hyped that Phoenix Suns trade has been, and it almost makes me feel like people think he has been the same guy he was when he was leading the league in scoring which he hasn't really been for two seasons. Um, so that's kind of why I feel like maybe I was kind of surprised that he ended up at nine. At yeah. least yeah, I mean, he's, in my he's head, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number eight, he could count as a small forward because he did play most of the season as small forward. I just put him at the two guard because that's where he was the most successful at, and that's where he ended this this season. But... I put Mikael Bridges as my number eight two guard. Um, by the end of the year, he showed that he he has a lot more in his game than we realized. I mean, he was even better in Phoenix, but 
than he had been in the past, but he really stepped it up offensively. We all knew the defensive player he was, but offensively, I didn't know he had that 26 a game in him that he did in Brooklyn and 20 a game he had on the season. He was balling. Mm -hmm. He he is the sole reason why I think the Nets won the KD trade. Um, the one trade they ended up winning out of all the trades <laughs> they made. For real. But but this dude, I didn't have him as a shooting guard. So I have him as a forward, as a three. This guy probably would have been higher than eight on my list. Mm -hmm. I just love uh, Mikel Bridges. Sign me up. All the stock that I can buy in Mikel Bridges, I'm going to do it. This dude's a defensive player of the year candidate. And he's shown that he can give you a 25 and 10 on given nights. He's versatile. He's a Swiss army knife at everything, right? He can yeah. take over primary. He can take over primary playmaking responsibilities. He can also transition into being your, your top scorer if that's what you need. And he can guard almost any position on the court. What's not to love about this dude? Yeah. I mean, he, that's, it's hard in the NBA to be good on, uh, to, to be elite on both sides of the floor, right? Offense and defense, just because guys tend to get tired. But he shows that he could potentially be elite on offense like we already knew he was on defense. And I think the only reason I decide not to put him higher is because I want to kind of the same deal with um, Desmond Bain. I just want to see him do it for a full season, you know? Once he does that, I will definitely become... Um, more I, no, I am already a believer in him, but he would if he does it for a full season, he would definitely move up my list for sure. Well, my thing is, is if I would have had him as a shooting guard, again, I have him as a small forward just because, mm. like you said, he played more small forward over the course of his career. Based off of last year, who would you really rather have, Paul George or Mikael Bridges? I think ooh, that's a good question because I think situational. Things matter because when he was in Phoenix, we still probably would pick Paul George. Uh, but once he got to Brooklyn and he showed us a little more, you want to say Mikel Bridges, but they did also go to the playoffs and he was he was okay in the playoff series. It wasn't great. He wasn't bad. So at, at this point, I would still say Paul George, um, even though he has his health issues. I just uh, I want to see that consistency. If Bridges can show it to me more consistently then I think it could potentially end up being an easy decision. I think at, by the end of the next year, Mikel Bridges would be a top five at either position. Mm. I think that's what's going to happen. I think Brooklyn, especially since he is in the East, it helps. Yeah. Because the East is not as competitive as the West. He's going to be able to keep Brooklyn in a playoff spot. You know, they're still going to make the playoffs. He's probably going to average 25, 6, and 6 with a couple of steals a game. I wouldn't be surprised if Mikhail Bridges makes an all-NBA team next year. Yeah, Brooklyn just has to be a decent team, and he, he has a chance. So I see tremendous upside in that guy. But again, I didn't have him as a small forward or as a shooting guard. But my number eight on the list is DeJounte Murray. Mm, I was okay. Surprised. You had him I a little higher than me. High. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I just like the fact I think he's in a terrible place. Um, I also think he's more a point guard, but they had him as a shooting guard on all the other lists, mm -hmm. and he's playing with Trey Young. So, yeah, it kind of delegates him to the two guard. 
I think he's in a terrible position for his game, personally. Uh, but as a shooting guard, he can give you 20 points and also give you 12 assists. Um, he can also be a terrific defender, even though he's a bit undersized on the perimeter. And the reason why I have him above Levine, Bain, Clay, and... Uh, Beal is his playmaking so much better than any of those guys. Like it's not really close, in my opinion, the the playmaking ability that Dejounte has compared to those four players. So I think he allows you to do more on offense with him. I'd say Dejounte is just out of position. Yeah, and that, and that might, might be... be why you had him lower. But I think he's a he's the best defender out of those four. He is. I uh, and he's the best playmaker. So yeah, one of the reasons, or some of the reasons, I left him off my list was because um, his offensive efficiency kind of took a dip last year. He wasn't as good like shooting the ball in general. Um, his fit next to Trey Young, I don't like it. I've decided I, I just don't think that's a a good backcourt of the future to have, even though. Both players individually, Trey Young and Murray, are good. Like, I think Murray just needs to be a point guard. He's a ball-dominant guy. He does better with the ball in his hands. He can distribute. I mean, he averaged nine assists in San Antonio. But, yeah, I just I don't love the fit for him. I don't think he plays as good just because he's not really an off-ball guy. Um, he's a he's big for a point guard, and then once you move him to the two, he kind of becomes he's average undersized. in size. Yeah. So it just, yeah, I don't think it really works for him. And that's why I dropped him because offensively now at this point, I don't think he um, has the scoring efficiency or the same, or is the same scoring or shooting threat as some of these other guys I put ahead of him um, being like Bill and Zach Levine, just because, well, passing and rebounding are also important. Um, if you can have the talent to be a dominant scorer, I think it's just, um, a more valuable skill overall to have. Um, so that's why I decided to leave him off of my list. It's totally fair. I do think he's out of position. Uh, he's more of a point guard. And that might be the sole reason I put him up this high. Mm-hmm. Just because I think he's a more well-rounded player than those guys. Yeah. You know, he's able to do more. But I also don't think he's a shooting guard. So maybe he shouldn't be even in consideration for this list at all. He just but so he does play two guard. So as a two guard because yeah. he plays next to Trey Young. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just think it's bad roster construction by the Hawks. Bad because they could have used those three first round picks for a different player who might have fit with Trey Young better, bad. but they didn't. So like he yeah. might have been the best player available at that time. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's just bad. He's in a bad spot. Okay, and then moving on with the list. My number seven, he's super talented, and he honestly shouldn't be this low, but just my availability concerns put him here, mm, which I know is who Kyrie Irving. Yeah, there you go. That's who I am. Um, he's so talented, and he's so shown good. when he's there and available as even the number one guy, his team can make the playoffs and can advance which is why I couldn't put him below seven. But 
he yeah. just he just isn't reliable. He's not there for your team. So I I couldn't leave him out of the top ten, but I couldn't put him above seven because of the availability concerns. You know, I don't think there's much to argue with there. I mean, this guy could be the most talented player on this entire list. Yeah, he could be number one easily he if he could. played more. Like, uh, it's just been a terrible four years, dude. <laughs> Let's be honest. Kyrie Irving, 2016 Kyrie Irving, might be better than everyone on this list outside of Devin Booker. And even then, it's an argument because if you put you know, Kyrie ahead of Booker, it's like, oh, okay, I get that. Like, Pete Kyrie, no when he was balling, when he was playing, has the most to offer to any team. He can score any way. Yep. Efficiently, he too. Also, efficiently. He's also just fun to watch. He's the most fun player to watch in the NBA outside of maybe Steph. That's uh, true. And there is not a weakness in this game outside of does he want to play basketball? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's it's all just an availability concern. And that's why you can't put him higher, like you said. If it was just based off of pure skill, pure just when he's on the court, he'd be higher. Mm-hmm. He's better than Jayla Brown. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just as good as Shea at this point. Or Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's as talented, if not more talented, than those players and skilled. It's just, he's he hasn't cracked 50 games in a season since he left Cleveland, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing I was thinking of, too. I was trying to think back to when he was last reliable. And it was when he was in Cleveland. Because the second he left in Boston... He missed a lot of games, and he wasn't really there for the team, even though they were still successful. He did come back by playoff time, um, and they were able to advance. But he left after two years in Boston, and Brooklyn was an absolute disaster. Dumpster I mean, fire. That just that was awful. He was there three years. He couldn't play in any games. And then, I mean, he goes to Dallas, and they tanked at the end of the year they were sitting him after they traded for him which is kind of crazy in itself <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna trade for Kyrie, and then he's gonna we're gonna tank and we're gonna sit him on the bench like that's just weird but yeah, I mean, and he's playing with Kyrie, so he's an off guard but i just yeah he he i see why he drives a lot of nba fans crazy and that's why ultimately he was seven on my list he is so gifted like even in the short stint that he played for Dallas this year, he showed he's an all NBA first team caliber guard. Yep. He's 50, 40, 90, 27 a game with six assists, six rebounds. Like mm-hmm. what's not to love about when he plays? It's just will he play? He could probably even score more, honestly. Oh. Just because the way scoring has gone up in the NBA recently, it's yeah. just yeah. Well, he can score 27 alongside Luka. Exactly. Like that's that's the thing. Like, Kyrie can play off-ball. He doesn't have to be a ball-dominant guard. Yeah. He's so. so It's because of his ability to shoot. He's one of the three best shooters in the NBA, in my opinion. Mm. Three or four. 
Mm, he's that's in the top a hot nine. take. I know yeah. that's going down, but you got Steph, okay? You got Lillard, but Lillard's not a catch-and-shoot player. You don't yeah. see Lillard coming off a pin screen, catching the ball and just rising up like Kyrie. Never, never. So I would say out of just sheer ability, he may not have the range because of how he shoots, mm-hmm. but the more versatility, off-ball, coming off screens, on ball, are there three players that are better than Dev- than Kyrie Irving at shooting the basketball? I mean, if there are, they're the type of guys who don't play as many minutes, right? So we're talking about guys who don't impact the game in the same way that he might have the same shooting ability as, right? You've got for example, Steph like Curry, a, and that's yeah. the only one I could say for sure. So was he seven on your list? He was seven on my list simply okay. for the same reason. That nah, makes but sense. Just watching this guy play, it's like, okay, who can finish better at the rim? Giannis. Okay, that's... And he's a big guy, so... And he's Giannis, so... Uh, who can shoot better than him? Maybe Steph? Like, who are you taking? Lillard or, or Kyrie Irving as a shooter? It's true. I mean, I personally would probably take Dame just because I feel like if I Kyrie on my team, I want him to have the same role as a Dame. But I I see what you're saying. Like he has just as much ability kind of like we've talked about, but well off ball, he's a better, he's a better fit off ball. We've never seen Damian Lillard off ball. Nope. And that just might be Portland, their roster construction, but catch and shoot three pointer. Mm -hmm. But Kyrie Irving, I know this might be a hot take. Yeah. Might be a better shooter. That's As interesting. In coming off the yeah. dribble. You know what I mean? Pulling Having the whole up, package. Transition pull up threes. Uh, coming off, snaking a dribble, rising up from mid range. You know what I mean? And then also yeah. off ball, he's compatible. I Fair just enough. Think this dude's just freakishly talented. He just doesn't play basketball. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. Yeah. Hence. It. Why number six on my list? I put Jalen Brown from the Boston okay. Celtics. Yeah, I uh, exactly the same. Yeah, I uh, he's never been a number one guy, which is probably the biggest reason he was number six on my list. Is I don't know what he's like as the first guy, but he's a good defender. He can score. His ball handling's kind of an issue. We've realized the last two years, but other than that, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. He can do almost everything at a at least a solid to high level so i think his advantage compared to the rest of the players on my list below him um as pertains to your list it wouldn't pertain to nokel bridges but is his defense Mm -hmm. he shows he cares on that side of the ball he also impacts winning more than any of those players that are listed below on my list I mean, every year since he's been in the league, it feels like the Celtics have been to the conference finals. Yeah, they've always been good. So you gotta rate that somewhere. But his his ability on the court is definitely not as high as like a Kyrie Irving or even a Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine has more talent than Jalen Brown on the offensive side of the ball because he can dribble. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he's a better Jaylen, shooter, but. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Brown of impact winning more. And that has to count for something. 
Yeah, and he's also a bigger body, so he's able to be more dominant defensively and even inside finishing. Um, he is a really good athlete as well. Yeah. Um, just Jalen Brown overall, a really solid player. He made All-NBA this year. Boston just gave him that Supermax 70 mm. mil last year, you know. It's going to be going to be fun once we get Definitely to that point, overpaid, but but who isn't in the NBA? I mean, yeah, that's that's true. Team's got the money to spend it, willing to spend it. It's not my money. Yeah, no argument there. Yeah, I have him at 6 as well. Okay. And then moving to number 5, um this is where I put this guy was a little lower because of the availability concerns as well, but he's there more than Kyrie and that is Paul George. Is who I put at number five. Yeah, we've got similar wavelength since number seven. I got Paul George there as well. I think he's just a bit more well-rounded than a player like Jalen Brown mm-hmm. and a bit more available than Kyrie Irving. Now, yep. I got a question for you. Mm. If you had to, if you had Kyrie Irving guaranteed to play 82 games or Paul George guaranteed to play 82 games, who would you have? Who would you rather have? Hmm, that's interesting. Is my ooh, I honestly think if Kyrie was going to be locked in, play for 82 games, I want Kyrie Irving, honestly, over Paul George. I think Paul George has his moments where he kind of disappears at times for as good as he is. Um, and sometimes he just kind of shies away. Um, and Kyrie, he steps up to the moment. He shows up when it matters, and that's kind of what I want in my star guys. I think Paul George has become a bit overrated as a defender. He's definitely taken a step back in that direction ever since his injuries. Yeah, and I would rather have. I might be taking back my own pick here. I'm arguing <laughs> against, just playing devil's advocate yeah. against Paul George at five mainly for Kyrie Irving just because of his freaking gifts. But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Kyrie has had some injuries, but they've never been as serious as Paul George's. Yeah. Um, if both were locked in for 82 games, I do think Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving could like dang near be a top five MVP candidate. Yeah. So Same that's with the Paul thing. George. But yeah, that's the thing with this though, is like we know Paul George is probably – gonna play more than Kyrie Irving like it's really likely um even with the Clippers weird load load management stuff but I do think he is playing more games than Kyrie in general um I have him ahead to Jalen Brown because well he he still could yeah that's my whole thing he can dribble he has a better offensive bag he's a better shooter even though he's a little bit worse of a defender he can still defend at a good level um and he, I think he is also a better playmaker, so that's ultimately why yeah. I put George at five over those two dudes. For sure. He's also still 6'9", long. Yep, he's big. You know, can create a shot. I just do think, going back to what you said, he shows, he seems to be a lot more passive now. Since going to the Clippers, he's just more passive. And I don't understand that. Even when Kawhi Leonard's not playing, which is the majority of the time. Yep. I see this sense of like passiveness with Paul George. Like, and in OKC, he, like he was points a game. Yeah, in OKC, he wasn't like that. Like when he played with Russ, he was empowered and he was mm-hmm. the guy and he was the go-to dude. And that was the best he ever looked in his career. And then he has kind of 
lost a little bit of that aggression, it feels like. I don't know if that's just due to injuries or fit or just maybe aging a little bit aging maybe that might be it i'm just i'm, I'm like, he's like where is paul george you he's know like I mean? 32 now so he is starting to get up there but he's just such a good shooter and he can create his own shot at almost any time i don't know why he's not more aggressive but that's my one gripe yeah. on paul george outside of that he's got everything that you'd want in it, a prototypical basketball player exactly and then that moves up to our number four spot my number four spot, I put SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I put him at four because last year he had a terrific season, right? He averaged over 30 points per game. The Thunder took a big step forward. They made the play-in. Um, and Shea's been a good player before that. Don't get me wrong. He still probably would have made the top 10 list. But I wouldn't have put him this high. Um, my thing is, just kind of like these other dudes... I just want to see him do it for another season, see him do it more consistently, see him lead his team to the playoffs um, and get some wins in the playoffs, perform in the playoffs, which he's only done once before. Um, So that's just kind of what I'm looking to see from SGA. That's why I decided to put him at number four. Super talented player, though. Those are all valid reasons. I don't have him that low. Mm, Okay, okay. Yeah, I have Anthony Edwards as my fourth. Okay, that's a good one. Um, and then Edwards, kind of similar vibe to SGA. Mm-hmm. Freak, can score, love his attitude. If anything, I love his attitude, and that's probably why I have him this high. Uh, he's just, he's the type of dude that you would want to pow on your basketball team. <laughs> he doesn't, he takes things serious. He's a freak athlete. He's only going to get better, and I hope he gets out of Minnesota. Just get out of Minnesota. <laughs> Come to Utah. Uh, oh, I love him. You'll, you'll love it. You'll love I, it here. Uh, we'll win championships because we got a, a bazillion picks we could trade to mm-hmm. get you another star foot. Just come to Utah. Yeah, Don't and sign I'll, that Supermax with Minnesota. Minnesota. Don't do and it. I'll say this, because I put Anthony Edwards as my number three guy, so he's next on my list ahead of SGA. And the reason I put him higher than SGA is probably it's mostly because I know Anthony Edwards is a better defender than SGA. Even though SGA is bigger, Edwards at least just makes more of an effort on the defensive side. Um, And I also I do think he's a better shooter. And uh, his team the last two years has made the playoffs. They've had more playoff success. He's had good games in the playoffs, even though they haven't won a series necessarily. Um, they really, they might have given Denver, honestly, them or Phoenix gave Denver the hardest series of the playoffs, which is kind of crazy it's to think surprising. about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they almost beat Memphis last year. I think that went seven games. Um, Should have beat I, Memphis. Yeah. And I, and kind of like you said, you like his attitude. I'm a big believer in him as a leader of a team. I, that like, when you ask for what kind of character do you want that guy to have? I look at Anthony Edwards and I say, that's the dude who I would love to leave to lead my team. Like I want a guy like that. He doesn't complain. Um, he overcomes adversity. He works at things, right? He backs up his guys. Like those are just, just some of the reasons why I decided to put him ahead of Shea. It was really close. Like it was really close. And honestly, it's probably mostly the playoff thing that just kind of pushed me over the edge to put 
Ant at number three. In my opinion, both of those players have, well, Shea has had like almost none, but mm-hmm. nor has Edwards. I mean, he's had a couple series under his belt. He's, but what's funny is both of those players have played more playoff games than Zach Levine. That's true. And so, just one series. So just, yeah, just shooting that out there. Anyway, uh, I still think the playoff argument, uh, I don't weigh it as much because neither of them have played much yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, so I just can't really, I don't, I didn't weigh that into my decision between those two players. Mm-hmm. And I still don't have Shea as low as three. Dang. So okay. I okay, actually so have Donovan Mitchell as my third best shooter. Number three. NBA okay. Because Jalen Brunson is his new daddy. I had Donovan Mitchell coming into this year as the best shooting guard. Yeah. After what I saw against New York, I just was like, what, what is going on? I just, Donovan Mitchell, fantastic score. I love, he's one of my favorite players because he played for Utah, Mm -hmm. you know, and he balls out in the playoffs normally. It's just, what's going on with the most, it's the most strangest thing. I don't get it. One of the I don't understand. One of the biggest concerns with me and Donovan. So, I've realized, and a big reason why he didn't work so well with the Jazz team that didn't quite figure it out to win more in the playoffs. He's a, not a good isolation defender. I think he's a better team defender, like getting some deflections and stuff. But as a one-on-one defender, he's not very he, good. Yeah, he gets he gets cooked yeah. in ISO and Jalen Brunson just a t- target exactly two Donovan years in a row playoffs and just oh dude yeah uh, Donovan Mitchell needs guys around him who can play perimeter defense and inside defense. He's uh, the biggest liability on defense, probably out of the top. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I out mean, of the top. Kyrie Irving is a better defender than. Donovan Mitchell, and that's impo- uh, that's crazy to say. Yeah, looking at my list, out of all the guys I have in my top eight, he's probably the worst defender probably out the of the worst eight. Defender. Yeah. yeah. So, the only comparison oh. to his defense would be maybe Bradley Bill, and he's yeah. probably better than Zach Levine. So, I would say so he's better I, at defense than Zach Levine. That's but, why yeah. I had him at three. His mm-hmm. scoring package, his ability to perform in the playoffs, are all. Almost, almost second to none. Yeah. It's just his defense is so bad. <laughs> and if you're letting Jalen Brunson do post jump hooks at six foot tall, mm-hmm. I just can't rank you higher than three, dude. I just can't do it. But to be fair, to be fair, Jalen Brunson does has been doing that to everyone the last That's two bad, seasons. Bro. So it's Jalen Brunson's a hooper. He is. You know, he's a six-foot Hakeem Olajuwon in the post, which makes elite, zero sense. Elite footwork in post-game. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I I, wish I could put Donovan higher. I just can't yeah. do it. And my number two was Donovan Mitchell, and I put him here because I do think he needs the right team built around him to be the top dog, but I still think he can do it, at least as a scorer. Um, he also showed a lot in Utah that he could be a distributor. Um, he had his best passing seasons in Utah. Um, and he's just, on offense, he's amazing. Like, 
he can do everything. He can finish. He's athletic. He can shoot mid-range, off the dribble. He can shoot threes. He can shoot deep threes. He can shoot catch and shoot. He's just one of those guys that has a lot of offensive talent. And it might not be to the level of Kyrie, but I don't think it's necessarily too far behind a Kyrie, right? Mm. Not as flashy per se, but he definitely has that skill and ability. Um, the only reason I had him at two and maybe not, for example, one, which in Utah I was like, yeah, you know, he's totally number one, you know, just being the Jazz fan I am, was just sometimes his consistency throughout the season um, is a little off and on um, on the offensive end. Like sometimes, some days he just doesn't bring it if it doesn't matter. Um, and kind of like you mentioned, yeah. the isolation defense on the perimeter. So, yeah, he's definitely a streaky scorer. He can go off. He can score zero points in the first quarter, score 20 in the next. Yeah, exactly. He's more of a flamethrower. And I don't necessarily like that out of my number one guy. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have somebody that gets me eight a quarter. Consistency. Which is my number one player, which we both have the same number one player. But yep. uh, my number two is SGA. Mm-hmm. I just think there's more potential there. Yeah. He... Uh, can't wait to see this guy in the playoffs. I just can't. I think he's going to have just as much success. He's also very good at defense. He's bigger, 6'6". He is bigger. That gives him an advantage Uh, on both sides. And I would say my number one reason why I put him this high is his ability to get to the free throw line. He shoots like 12 free throws a game. I know. He became like a James Harden, Joel Embiid, Giannis type free throw guy. The thing about it is, he gets more free throw. The The difference though between him and Joel and James Harden is he merits it. He mm-hmm. lives and eats in the paint. He has amazing. He has an amazing bag to get to the rim. Uh, he's not as good of a shooter as probably anybody on this list. Like his yeah. three-point shot. Probably the worst, not, the worst shooter of all his, of them. His three-point shot's not there. And just knowing that the player that he is, that just that only means more potential in my yeah. opinion. I also think he could, he does more as a playmaker. He can he runs the point guard a little bit more than a Donovan Mitchell or an Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just I'm this is definitely an just an over step because he made all NBA. Yeah. Was it first team? I think he made all I think NBA it was first team because Don made second team. So so it's probably an overreaction to that, but nobody else that's uh, behind him as Kyrie. Yeah. In all NBA first. No, 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 no. I think Luca made first team as well. No, I meant like, I don't know if anybody else on the oh, list. Oh, on the list has, has made, made a first NBA team. First, yeah. Paul George might have had one year in OKC. In OKC, he might have had one year, but besides that, I think you're right. So the only thing that you can knock him for is he hasn't really made the playoffs much. Uh, I, that's going to change this year. Yeah, and so. for me, he would be higher. Like, if he comes out this year and has a similar year to what he did last year or an even better year, and they make the playoffs, which I think OKC will make the playoffs, um, they can only get overdue. better. It's over. Um, yeah, and if they can make the playoffs and he has a good playoff series, series – I would easily put him higher. I just I want to see it happen first. That's kind of really where I'm at with that. This is probably this is more of a projection. Yeah. 
than it is maybe currently. I just mm-hmm. see him coming out next year being the second best shooting guard in the NBA. That's maybe fair. even have a like a consideration for the first because he's he's a, a true number one on his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's a year, number one scorer. Easy, easy. I mean, he's averaged thirty. He averaged thirty two a game last year with you know almost two steals, five and five. That's a better stat line than anyone on this list. It's true. He had the best counting numbers so, of all of them. So, and he also made All NBA. That that can't go without consideration. That's why I have number two. Okay, and then we both have our same number one right here, Devin yep. Booker. Devin Booker at number one. He fighting it for years, <laughs> and it's it's you just can't fight it anymore. It's true. It's true. I used to kind of dislike Book, but yep. not 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 anymore. Not so much anymore. And it's mostly, I think, just because of Sun fans. But yeah. you know, Suns fans, yeah. Jazz fans is like, oh, Donovan Book. But the thing with Book is, he always shows up. He doesn't take like these nights off where he's like, ah, maybe I'm just gonna coast. Right? Shows up when it matters. Clutch player. He can do everything. He can shoot off the dribble, mid range, solid finisher good free throw shooter can get to the line and he's just a straight up bucket. And we saw, saw that against Denver. Yeah. Um, the playoff, you know, exactly. He just shows he can just get buckets and you cannot stop him. You're not going to stop him. So I didn't get the whole strategy of doubling Kevin Durant and letting Booker cook. <laughs> That's crazy. That It was stupid. I don't get why both teams did that, but I guess it worked for Denver. I, I finally put him there because of the playoffs. He was he looked like the best player on his team with Kevin Durant on his team. Exactly. If you can if you can do that, you're the best player at your position. Yeah, he and he, he's been this good for a couple of years too. That's the thing is he's just keeps doing it every single season. His team's made the finals once before. Um he's gotten he can be, the furthest in the playoffs out of anybody on this list outside of Kyrie Irving. Exactly, and Kyrie Irving was the number two guy when he did that. Devin Booker was the number one guy when he one made the guy. finals. And yeah, Devin Booker's proved if you have the right guys around him, they have a chance to win the finals. And he's consistent. He's a bucket. Um, and if he stays at this level he's playing at for another five, six, seven years, and he maybe gets a title or two in there, we'll be talking about him as one of the greats. So Yeah, for sure. There's no argument there. I My hot take on Devin Booker is, in order for them to go where they want to go, he has to be their best player. Maybe that's yep. not really a hot take. But. No, I I don't think that's too crazy. You know, KD probably will get some load management this season. I'm sure they want to keep him healthy. Um, the only thing is, I still think that that team needs a point guard. I don't think they're yeah. ready to win right now because they don't really they don't have a point guard. Um, but Bradley Bill. I, guess. I mean, or even I maybe know. Devin Booker. I mean, there was a Booker's year. probably actually a better option. Yeah, there was a year when I remember the Suns were not good. He played point guard one year for a full season after Phoenix got rid of all their point guards when they had like Isaiah Thomas and like Brandon Knight and like Eric Bledsoe. And it was like, what are they doing with all these small dudes? And then they got rid of every single one of them. And there's Devin Booker. So, yeah, see, Booker can also pass. He's pretty good rebounder for his position. I think he also gets five boards. Like he just he does everything to 
a solid level. Like even on his defense, he's not a liability, right? He can at least he's be their average. best perimeter defender right now, <laughs> which is not good for no, Phoenix. Probably not. But I mean, that's nothing against Booker because he's a he's a solid perimeter defender. He's just, no, it's everything to do with be, Phoenix. Yeah, he can't be your best offensive player and take the workload on the defensive side. Yeah, it's a lot to maybe, ask. Maybe they wouldn't have that. Maybe that's what they'll end up doing because you got KD, you got Bradley Beal, you got plenty of offense. Um, exactly. Which is just sad because then people will start underrating Booker uh, because he's not averaging 30 a game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But he's the perfect quintessential player of when it matters most, he's going to ball out. Even yep. in the finals that they lost. Yeah, he's still good. He hooped. He went crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a long time coming when I finally admit that Devin Booker is the best shooting <laughs> guard in the NBA. There we go. You know, things change over time. Um, that was our top 10 list for the shooting guards. Next episode, um, we'll likely go over the top 10 small forwards. So stay tuned to that. Make sure you subscribe to our Spotify and our YouTube channel or wherever else you may be listening. We appreciate the listens. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and we will catch you next time.